On today's episode of the Just Jazz podcast, we will be talking about week one in the books of the NBA season, how the Jazz did things that we have seen improvements on from last season, things that we would like to see going forward, a little bit of in-game analysis about what the Jazz did this week against Oklahoma City and the Sacramento Kings, talk about Max's experience at the game. Look at a, the Q next in our next week's opponents, buzzer beating hot takes, and just talk about jazz basketball, baby. All right, Max, here we go. Left-hand dribble, hands off the memo for money. Yes! Cash it in the bank! Runs it to Burks, catch and shoot three, no. Rebound, oh my! I gotta see that over and over again. It's played by who? Mitchell. This is Just Jazz, your weekly podcast for Utah Jazz game analysis, news, rumors, predictions, undying love, and more. We're your hosts, Zach and Max. We're stoked to be back now that we have a week of Utah Jazz basketball season opener under our belt. I'm really excited to talk about it. Zach, tell us, tell us what you, you, know, you enjoyed the most about uh, our season week opener. I mean... Yeah, Max, a lot to be excited about. The biggest thing is just 2-0, and you know. You can't, you can't complain about that. We look at the standings. There's three teams left. You know, it's it's us, it's the Chicago Bulls, and it's the Golden State Warriors. I don't want to say it, Max, but it's feeling a lot like 97, baby. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. We're going to the NBA Final. They only have Alex Caruso, so it's over. The white, the white man's Michael Jordan. Um but no, like I really like, you know, what the Jazz are doing. Uh, really liked our week. We're going to get into that a little bit more. But my biggest takeaway is just, you know, survive in advance, win games. Yeah, I feel that it was uh, it was fun to see the Jazz back. You know, there's some rust getting busted off, but there's a lot to look forward to. You know, the season's long. We, it's just going to be fun. You know, I, there's the three month span where we don't have many games and life slows down a bit, but now the jazz basketball is back all as well. Life balance is here and uh, I'm ready uh, to see how far we can go with our new additions and, and changes. Um, so high note for me, um, you know, honestly, I, I think I just like seeing all the, the jazz walking through the tunnel, their outfit, you know, their, their heat check. Um, Jordan Clarkson, fresh as ever. Um, I love Jordan did Clarkson. See, did you see that uh, that picture that the Jazz posted of Jordan Clarkson looking at Jordan Clarkson? No. Wait, let where? me uh, let me send that to you right now, Max. So okay. we're uh, we're doing some things a little bit different. You know, I'm back in Hawaii. Max is in uh, Max is in Sacramento. So we're we're via Zoom now. Um, so. Okay, Max, it's, I sent it to you, but you're on Do Not Disturb. Well, I'm looking, um, tell me about your, what's your hot take? But, oh, well, yeah, so my, my high note is, is just this picture, and we'll post it on the Instagram, but it's just, it's Jordan Clarkson looking at Jordan Clarkson. And I remember I saw something that said, 
I want to be in love with someone the same way that Jordan Clarkson is in love with himself. Hey, he even got love tatted on his face. Jordan Clarkson back with some face tats. By the way, sign a partnership with Lululemon. Lululemon, we're, we're going up in the world. First Lululemon, and only NBA guy. player. Shout out, JC. Um, but yeah, so what about low notes? What was the low note for you this week, Zach? Um, I mean, for me, it's it has to be that Joe Ingles call. That was terrible. On Davion Mitchell. Like, come on. Like, flagrant two? Are, are, are you kidding me? They're going to toss him out of the game for that? That's that's just blasphemy. I can't can't believe they called that. Um, I'll talk more about that when we talk about the Kings game. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into, into that. Jersey. Come on now. Game. I took some heat for it, but, yeah, we'll talk about it in a sec. Um, my low note for the week, I think it's just been that we haven't had – um, I expected us to maybe come out firing in one of these first two games, just like a, a dominant performance. I felt like the OKC game, yeah, we won by 21 points, but it wasn't like this dominant, uh, like offensive, you know, beautiful, perfect. No, obviously that perfect isn't, you know, realistic, but it wasn't just like this dominant offensive game that I was hoping to see just where we were raining threes. Um, I, was, I was hoping for some more fireworks, but it's all good. Um, I, I know that's coming. We got plenty of season to see some explosive offensive games. That uh, that game's coming tonight. So we're recording. It's about one hour before tip off for the Denver Nuggets game. We're com- we're coming out. I'm telling you that right now. We're coming out guns a blazing. Fingers crossed, man. Fingers crossed. I I think it should be a good game. I think that the Nuggets just had a really bad game the other night, and they're not gonna, you know, they're gonna come out. Uh, try to make a statement and show that that's not the type of team they are. Um, but Zach, let's talk a little about, about the OKC game or season opener. Um, you know, we played at home and we were able to win uh, 86 to 107, 21 point win. Um, what did you like from that game? What, what stood out to you the most? And uh, what do you, ha- what do we have to take away from there? Okay. So this podcast wouldn't be this podcast without a little bit of accountability. Um, Max, I fell asleep in the third quarter of the game. Third, I uh, that night I didn't sleep so well, so I actually interviewed for Max's uh, at Max's company. Is that in Sacramento? In in Sacramento, so you know that's that's the plan. Jazz Nation taking over Sacramento, just Jazz baby, let's go. But uh, so Wednesday was my first interview, and I was just so like anxious for it, so I just kept waking up. You know, starting at about 3 a.m. I go to sleep normally about midnight. So starting at about 3 a.m. every about half hour, I was just up, just restless. So come third quarter, you know, we were blowing them out. Um, and I, yeah, I just, I mean, I fell asleep. But, uh, you know, my biggest takeaway from this game is just to see how, like, in tune we still are you know like these new guys are just coming in and they're being plugged in like that you know right now we're missing rudy gay but but between um eric pascal and um Whiteside, jared butler you know all those guys just came in and they seem to just understand the flow of this team and i think our our team chemistry is an all-time high and that's kind of the biggest thing that stood out to me um going into that 
OKC game. Yeah, it was a really good game. Um, you know, just to start the season off with, it wasn't anything special, but it was cool, like you said, to see those guys just kind of plug in. Uh, we got a little bit of minutes from rookie Jared Butler. Um, even got to see that, that Pitts guy play a little bit. Uh, but it was cool to see, um, you know, White side. Unfortunately, we still don't have Rudy Gay, and I'm not too sure when he's going to be back. But it'll be exciting to see how he plugs in. Um, but Rudy Gobert, you know, came out with a dominant performance, 16 points, 21 rebounds, um, and one block. That stood out to me, shot 66%. Um, you know, if Rudy Gobert, I, I always am impressed with how much he improves year after year. Um, he, he has such a simple, not a simple role, but like, he, you know, he's a defensive-minded player for sure, but he always improves offensively. Um, his free throwing has looked great this year too, um, in my opinion. But um, that OKC game, I think Gobert really made a statement and uh, kept things together for us as we may not have been having the best shooting performance. Yeah, I mean, Rudy just dominated. You know, the biggest thing was the one foul for me, um, you know, in 29 minutes. And then you look at Whiteside, 19 minutes, five fouls. Um, but, like, Whiteside, you know, Whiteside does give us that edge. I, I do feel like, as much as I love D Faves, so far through two games, Whiteside has had a bigger impact than Favors. Um, Favors just wasn't right with us last year. You know, I'm not taking away anything from Faves from his first stint with Utah, but this second one just just didn't really seem to work as well as we had hoped. Um, so the white side acquisition is looking really, really good. But, yeah, I mean, not too much to talk about uh, in that first game. Kind of took care of business, one 107-86. And then we move on to Sacramento. Max is Sacramento Kings. Max, what do you think? So I want to start off by saying this. It was awesome to be in a stadium watching the Utah Jazz. So that was really fun. But it was one of those games that was pretty miserable. There was so many turnovers, so many fouls, um, just terrible shooting. Uh, the first three quarters was just like, you know, pull your hair out. Like, you know, I'm surrounded by all these Kings fans. I'm, me and my wife are in Utah Jazz. I'm in the Purple Mountain. My wife's in the OG City. So, you know, two bright jerseys that stand out and I'm loud. I, I'm cheering. I'm standing up and having fun. And we're the nosebleeds too. So it's usually the louder people. Um, and, you know, I was, I was taking some heat, <clears throat> but, uh, you know, for the most part, Kings fans, I will say this, they're really dedicated for how terrible they have been for however long the Kings fans are dedicated and loyal and they're freaking loud. Like they're way better than like any Kings or not Kings, any Lakers or Clippers game I've been to, like Staples Center is quite compared to up here. Um, so that was really cool. Um, but we came up with the win in our fourth quarter. We finally like put it together. I, what I was impressed with was how we fought through our poor play until we finally made it work um, and were able to you know, end up winning by nine points um, despite being down most of the game. So it was a fun game, and I think it really showed – uh, the strength and res resiliency the Utah Jazz have as a team. Yeah, so the one thing that I want to point out in this game, you know, game one we talked about the the white side um, and Rudy, kind of what, what they had going. But I really want to point it out in game two. In game two, Rudy Gobert still played well, um, 17 points. 20 rebounds, but he did have four fouls and four turnovers with zero blocks. 
His plus minus was a negative nine. Historically, when Rudy Gobert is a negative plus minus, it is very, very difficult, if not impossible, for the Jazz to win games. Um, And, you know, that wasn't necessarily true. You know, there was there was Whiteside was a plus 18 in his 19 minutes. Um, and so, you know, that's very, very telling. So we look at last year in the playoffs. Um, Rudy Gobert was a negative 24 in game six. That's a game that the Jazz ended up losing. Um, and it's it's because of that, because we couldn't overcome those deficiencies of of Rudy. And then now we see another game, you know, Rudy did struggle, even though he had the 17 and 20, he did struggle while he was out there and we were in negative uh, minus nine, but Whiteside, his minutes were extremely valuable and he was a plus 18 in 16 minutes, giving us eight points, nine boards um, off the bench. And that's where the value comes in. That's why we added Whiteside. And if the jazz are able to win these games that Rudy has off nights, because in reality, no player, I don't care who you are, Michael Jordan had off nights. You know, LeBron has off nights. It, it happens. But if you can find a way to win these games, that's how you can create a great team. And if the Jazz have found that recipe, like they showed in Sacramento, then we're, we're in for a special season here, Max. I agree. Uh, accountability here. Um, during the Kings game, I will say I, I frequently stated that I hated Whiteside. And I said that because I feel like I noticed him just standing around a lot and he wasn't trying. And all the Kings fans around me were like, see, that's why we traded him or not traded him. That's why we let him go. Like we didn't want him here. Like Whiteside sucks. Um, and I texted, you know, our, our jazz group chat like pretty soon after. And I was like, dude, yeah, I hate white side. And then it's funny. Cause like all of a sudden, like on Twitter and, you know, all the articles coming out, everyone's like raving about his statistics and how well he's done for the jazz this year. And I got, uh, I got humbled a little bit because I totally was just bagging on the guy. And, um, I, I wasn't really looking at, at it from a statistic standpoint. I was just looking at it from what I saw. Um, who knows, maybe, you know, the game just comes to him when he tries less or maybe that's just how he plays. It doesn't look like he's trying as hard or something, but, um, you know, statistically, yeah, he's done really good for the jazz so far. It's small sample size, but you know, if this is, uh, the secret to our success, if we have someone that can come off the bench when Rudy's struggling, not necessarily replace Rudy, but can, you know, come in and try to fix what is going on, you know, fill in momentum gaps. Um, that's going to be huge. And, uh, yeah, I really liked what I saw. Um, so about Joe Ingles, though. So I'm wearing a Joe Ingles jersey. And I see that, you know, Davion Mitchell comes down. I Supposedly there was something that happened before. Um, I didn't notice it. But, you know, Davion goes up and it looked like he was probably just going to lay it in. He's a shorter guy, but he goes up for a dunk and his leg kind of shoots out awkwardly and Joe like kind of clipped him and Davion went down pretty hard and everyone's like booing the heck out of him. Like, dude, like that wasn't even a foul. They showed the replay. I'm like, dude, his leg like caught Joe. Um, But Joe was like totally talking trash to him. 
like when he was down on the ground after it was just like saying, you know, whatever he says. And uh, I, I was really surprised by that flagrant too, but I was like, you know, in a stadium full of Kings fans wearing his Ingles jersey. So during and after the game, like people were just like, oh yeah, screw you, dude. Ingles, like, come on, man. Um, and it was just kind of a bummer because I'm a big Joe Ingles fan to sort of see him only get to play like a few minutes. But um, that was kind of a, a funny experience from uh, my Kings game was repping Joe and then having him getting thrown out for a flagrant two, which I wouldn't say really was a flagrant two, but uh, whatever. The, the refs are being told to call things more tight this year than ever before. So I guess it'll happen. Yeah, so I was uh, I was watching it, and you know I'm just on those. Um, I was actually watching the Kings broadcast for a little bit, and the Jazz broadcast for a little bit, and uh, you know, so they were they were talking about that, and initially they said, okay, maybe this is a flagrant one. You know, should be a common foul, but it, you can see where it's going to be a flagrant one, and then they came out with a flagrant two, and everyone was shocked the Kings announcers, the jazz announcers, you know, the Kings players, I think Joe came back onto the court. He didn't realize it was an ejection at first. Like that was wild. I don't think that was the right call, you know, but it is what it is. Um, But then the thing that I, the, the Kings, honestly, Max looked like the, the Kings played a better game than the jazz. Um. You know, they, they, they out hustled us. They had the crowd energy. Um, you know, there's a lot of things going the Kings way, but in that final six minutes is what I saw from the jazz was incredible. It was okay. Hey, we're a championship team. We want to win a championship. Let's buckle in. And we slowed the game down and we played our game. And we ended up winning by nine. Like that was very telling of this team that, you know, last year we didn't really see, you know, we didn't really have close games. We didn't, it it was always blowouts. So that was something that always was kind of scary. You know, can we close out these close games and especially on the road and then to come out game two first, the, you know, the road opener and to see this team say, okay, Hey, this is where we're, and we're without, you know, arguably our two, or I'll, it is our two best wing bench players, you know, without Rudy Gay and, and Joe Ingles for the whole game. Um, to, to see that we're able to do this, Sacramento's a scrappy team. I really like this Kings team, but, you know, to see the Jazz come out was was incredible. Yeah, um, Davion Mitchell, feisty little guy, dude. He, uh, he was giving Donovan and everyone a really hard time. Um, I'm coughing over here. Um, with Ingles out, I think that may have thrown a wrench in the plan or something. I, I It was really interesting. I, there was some lineups I didn't really like, and I thought we struggled. Um, like Pascal and Oni were on the floor together for a while, and I believe they are with white side but maybe it was Gobert but it was like a really wonky lineup that I really didn't like and it seemed that offensively they just couldn't do anything yeah and I mean I don't Um, think that's something we'll see normally but you know with both Rudy Gay and Joe Ingles out you you gotta you gotta come up with some things exactly but it was cool to see us because like the entire game 
I, like I, I kept saying, like, I can't believe we're only down this many points because it feels like we're down 20. Um, we were able to keep it close despite not playing super great. And despite having these weird lineups that we're probably not going to see very often at all. Um, and then have us, you know, pull things together. And it really just showed the difference. The, the Kings, they're a really likable team, great hustle. They have some talented players, but it showed how much more experienced and uh, um, connected the Jazz are. And I think that really, you know, stood out to me. Um, you know, the, the experience factor really, you know, came into play. The Kings made a lot of poor decisions um, coming down the stretch, which allowed the Jazz to, to pull away and um, ultimately win the game despite being down for most of the game. Yeah. Um, okay, Max, let's, uh, let's kind of jump ahead to, to this week, kind of what we got. We got, we got tip off in, in 51 minutes um, here. So this week the Jazz have four games. Uh, game number one is tonight against the Denver Nuggets um, at home on TNT. Then we go Thursday against the Houston Rockets, Saturday at Chicago, and Sunday at Milwaukee. So we got four games this week. Um, you know, the Bulls are undefeated. Like we said, the Bucks are the defending champs. The Denver Nuggets are the Denver Nuggets. And the Houston Rockets are the Houston Rockets. Like those, you know, we got two rivalry games and then two of the best teams in the East right now. So what do you think? What do you think for this week? Um, you know, realistically, I think that we should be able to expect for sure like a three and one. Well, not for sure, but I think that realistically – Three and one, it's possible to go two and two. Um, four and zero seems difficult. Um, you know, I, I just feel like early on in the season, so many teams are trying to figure things out. But I'm pretty confident that we can go three and one. Um, the Bulls have a lot of hype, a lot of energy, and the Bucks are just a freaking good team. And when we're missing uh, Rudy Gay, you know, we're not, we're not full strength yet. Um, so I'm going to say three and one. I think that we should be able to, you know, snag. Tonight's game, I think that without Jamal Murray, the Jazz are better. And the, the Rockets, um, you know, should be easy. Um, the Bulls, I think, will handle it. And I think the Bucks will give us a hard time. And maybe that'll be our, our first loss of the season. Fingers crossed that's the first one. And we don't lose one sooner because I'd like to lose to the Bucks, not the Bulls. Or tonight against the Nuggets. I hate losing against the Nuggets. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I agree. I think a three in one week um, is realistic. However... Max, the best part about being 2-0 and is the Jazz only have 96 more wins to go. 80 regular season victories and 16 playoff victories. Okay, there's 96 games left in this Jazz season. So we're, we're winning them all. 98-0, baby. Let's go. Our way to a title. No. But, uh, but, yeah, I think 3-1, I think and one, I think tonight's game is going to be, um, you know, this very well could be the two top teams in the West when it's all said and done. Um, you know, both these teams are very, very good. Denver has Jokic. Denver's got a really, really good lineup. Um, but we're the freaking Utah Jazz. Okay. So take note, people, because we're winning this game. Um, okay, let's uh you know, I'm ready for for buzzer beaten hot takes. Forget the buzzer beaten hot takes. 
So last week, my buzzer being hot take was that Donovan Mitchell was going to go off and that it was going to be a blowout win. Um, we won by 21 points. Like I said earlier, I don't think it was necessarily an offensive blowout, but we won by 21 points. So I guess I'll give it to myself, but Donovan Mitchell kind of struggled. Um, he actually has struggled so far this season shooting 35%. Um, so I'm not going to say I was hundred percent correct, but my buzzer being hot take was partially correct. And um, I'll take that. What about you, Zach? Yeah. So I had two buzzer being hot takes saying we would make 22 threes. Um, we did not. I think we, we were in the high teens, either 16 or 18. Um, and then the Donovan was going to be top five MVP. So I'm, I'm over one. I'll, I'll say that I'm, I'm over one this year, but uh, going into it, Max, I'm looking, I'm looking at this Denver game. You know, this is a game that uh, is about to, about to tip off and you know, I like our chances. I, I think that this is, this is the game where we're going to see who Don really is. Denver statistically has and historically has struggled with Donovan Mitchell. Um, and, you know, I just don't see a guy on their roster um, that's, that's going to be able to, you know, hang with, hang with Don and, you know, so I'm saying Don's going for 30 plus tonight. You don't think Will Barton can can give him any trouble? Oh, Will Barton is going to be injured by the end of the first quarter. Fair enough. Um, my buzz being a hot take for this week. I think I want to go to the Bulls game. I'm hoping for both teams to be undefeated when we play and so the Jazz can destroy them. Um, for some reason, they've been like super prevalent on social media and they're like way overhyped. The Caruso, Max. Yeah, Caruso. Um, like they're good, but like, I don't know. I just don't see them going far being anything special. But I'd love to ja be the Jazz um, or have the Jazz give them their first loss of the season um, just to get some credibility on social media. Um, so, yeah, my buzzer being hot take is that both teams will be undefeated and the Jazz will beat them um, come their matchup on Saturday. Perfect. I like it. I Take like it a note. lot. Take freaking note, people. Um, you know, this is what we do. We're, we're jazz fans. We, uh, we love these types of games. We love, you know, doing what, what we're doing. Um, we're going to, we're going to try our hardest to get this episode out to you guys before tip off um, so that you can't hold us accountable that you know that this game or this was in fact recorded before the game. But uh, let's go, Max. Jazz basketball is back, baby. We're the best team in the league. Take freaking note. It's game time. Well, tip-off's coming up soon, so let's go make some dinner, get ready, get in our jammies, all toasty, warm, and so we can get ready to go. Max, it's 3.15 in the afternoon here. I'm not putting my jammies, Put jammies on. on. I got work tonight, okay? It's also um, 7 p.m. here, and it's already dark, so I got to get but, ready. Uh, Hopefully, hopefully soon me and Max are back in the same room recording um, and we don't have to do this Zoom. It's, it's a first. I know we've done this once before, so it's, uh, you know, but it's still a new process for us. Um, but, yeah, we love you guys. We're grateful for you. We love doing this. Take freaking note, people. And until we're back in person, this is how we're going to keep doing it. Take freaking note. This is Just Jazz, your weekly podcast. 
for all things Utah Jazz. Stay tuned.